Young people have always been at the center of the gospel and close to the heart of God. In these youth-targeted messages, Bishop Edwin Ogo of the Lighthouse Chapel International delivers the principles of the Word of God in a down-to-earth style that young people relate to and enjoy. When you are spiritual, you become lively. You become alive. When a sister is spiritual, she becomes alive. When your spirit is alive, you are very active. I mean, you cannot be in a service like this and not be active. Bishop Edwin Ogo is an international minister, evangelist, and pastor of the Adventa branch of the Lighthouse Chapel International. Join us now as Bishop Ogo shares the word of God. Are you ready for this afternoon's word? I can't hear you. Are you ready for this afternoon's word? Why don't you stand to your feet, make some noise, you can clap your hands, you can give the Lord a shout of praise, and let's welcome to this pulpit, the Bishop Edwin Morgan Ogo! Here we go, here we go, here we go. 
Thank you for this afternoon. Thank you for the great blessing of being in your house. We receive your presence. We receive your word. We receive your spirit to guide us and to make us into what you want us to be. We thank you. We praise you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Clap your hands for Jesus. And you may be seated. Beautiful. I'm happy to be back. I bring you greetings from Mozambique. Where we went to have Healing Jesus campaign in nine cities. One of these days, we shall all go in a plane. To the next healing Jesus campaign Do you believe it? Are you sure you believe it? According to your faith It shall be done unto you Amen But Apart from the crusade Believe God that you will be Traveling For the gospel That you will be making trips To do things that are related to the word of God. Amen. And God will do it in Jesus' name. Today, I want to start a new series, which is quite a short series. And um, I believe that it will be a great blessing to you. Amen. And uh, the series is titled, The Beatitudes. B attitudes. B B E B attitudes. I've just broken into bits the word beatitudes. Beatitudes. And um, I'm reading from Matthew chapter 5, Jesus' teaching. And I'm starting today, and God willing, I will continue next week. And seeing the multitudes, Matthew chapter 5, I'm starting from the first verse. And seeing the multitudes, he went up into a mountain. See, this series is about attitudes you must have. Amen. A way of behaving that must be in you. 
And if you want to follow Jesus, if you want to work with God, there are certain attitudes you must have. Now, we find these attitudes in Matthew chapter 5. Now, the first verse says that when Jesus saw the multitudes, he went up into a mountain. And when he was set, or when he settled down, when he sat down on top of the mountain, he says he went up into a mountain. His disciples came unto him. Now, I want to make a comment here before I even go to the Beatitudes. Because the Beatitudes are the things Jesus said when he was sitting here in the mountain. Now, the first thing I want to say to all of us today is that if you want to follow Jesus, you must overcome a lot of things to be able to follow him. Jesus Christ will not make things easy because it is you. He will not give you special preferential treatment. The standards he has will never be lowered. One guy came to see him. He said he has obeyed all the, uh, all the laws from his youth. And Jesus told him, a rich man, said, go and sell everything and come. He went and he was very sad. Jesus will not lower the standards for you. If the price of salvation is 10 Ghana cities, he will not let you pay two cities because it is you. You will pay 10. Now, the Bible says that when he saw them, you know, imagine, this is, imagine I'm Jesus. I'm not Jesus, but just imagine I'm Jesus. And then you are the disciples. I know you are following me. Now, the Bible says when Jesus saw them, he rather went up and began to climb a mountain. That if you really want to be with me, then climb yourself. Climb the mountain too. So the people who eventually were able to find themselves around Jesus were mountain climbers. If you are not a mountain climber, if you are not ready to exert yourself, you will not come near Jesus. He could have descended the valley to meet them. But he said, no, you want to follow me, come up. And always, this is what we see. The people who find Jesus are those who are ready to climb. Who are ready to overcome. You see, when you are climbing a mountain, it is different from descending into a valley. Because when you are descending, you are being aided by gravity. It makes your descent very easy. In fact, you can even fall. It's so nice that you can tumble and topple over. But to climb a mountain, I tell you, it's not a small thing. You are going against gravity, against forces. But the Bible says that his disciples came up to him. 
you should be prepared to overcome anything that is difficult to overcome. May God give you the ability to overcome anything. You see, when you find somebody sitting by Jesus, the person has become, has, has had to overcome something. I gave my life to Christ 32 years ago. After 32 years, I'm standing here preaching to you. It didn't come by eating Hausa cocoa and kose or just chewing kebab. We've had to overcome something. We've had to overcome ourselves. We've had to overcome our personal challenges. So when you see someone... Like you see your father, you see some, a, your pastor or someone doing something for the Lord. Don't just think that, oh, I mean, it just, it just happened. Nothing just happens. The people who eventually come near Jesus are the people who are ready to climb up. Expect to climb up. You don't find Jesus in valleys. You find Jesus in the mountains. So if you are here with, uh, with an easy mentality, it's like, oh, it will happen. I'll find Jesus. I'll be a Christian. Oh, everything will be fine. Charlie, you are going to discover that you will not be around very soon. Yeah. Even in the church. To, to remain in church. I was just having a chat with your pastor. Mimi. And we're, we're, we're talking about challenges. Yeah. She's hard to overcome. To come and sit here. So, so when you see her jumping with you, you know, dancing and taking you through the wet time, and so so, Charlie, uh, 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 Aunt Mimi, she, 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 she's free, oh, she's free. It's like she has got a free afternoon. <laughs> but it's not like that. I don't have a free afternoon. I cannot list the things that I need to do. But you see, when you want to obey God, you must be ready to overcome. So Jesus, look, look, listen to me. He will not descend a valley to, to meet you because it is you. He will climb a mountain and see if you have got the tenacity and the determination and the will to climb up the mountain to find him wherever he is. And that is where many people fall off. They start but they cannot finish. So the first attitude is the attitude of overcoming obstacles to follow Jesus. Climb mountains to follow Jesus. He will not come to you where you are. You will have to find him. He will not make Christianity easy for you because it is you. Hey, if you must overcome pornography, you must also see somebody will give you an, oh yes, I'm preaching. You will, you, you will be given an iPad with airtime and oh yes you will have it it will be daddy will travel to america and buy you an ipad with units and 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 god will let you see right here when i was preaching temptations Mm -hmm. he will let you know the website to find a naked man and a naked woman now it's just you have the ipad you have the units you have the uh, uh, the links (laughs) You have the website. Now, to go there or not to go depends on your ability to fight. Yes. I, but you think I don't have internet on my, on my iPad? 
He will deliberately put you in a situation and watch you. I'm saying that the people who find themselves with Jesus had to climb a mountain. Jesus does not descend into valleys. He climbed up to a mountain and the disciples came to him. They climbed. They overcame difficulties. They overcame challenges. Hear me now. I'm announcing to you, following Jesus is not easy. It is an uphill task. That is what the English grammar people teach us. It's an uphill task. It's not easy. Some of you are sitting here today because you are a little girl. (laughs) You don't have any child. Do you have a husband? Are you married? I'm asking, are you married? Do you pay school fees? That's why you are sitting here. If you have a husband with two children and a job and what about, and you are still here, then we'll clap for you. (laughs) Then we'll clap for you. But right now, I'm not impressed. Some of you are sitting here because you are waiting for daddy to finish his meeting. I said, you are doing what? You are doing what? You are doing what? You are waiting for who? Daddy to finish his meeting. This is not it. While in away time. This is not it. This is not it. Jesus sometimes will make it difficult for you to follow him. So I'm saying that when you find somebody who is with Jesus, who is trying to follow Jesus, you, you, you are looking at a person who is deliberately trying to overcome something. Deliberately trying to exert himself. It's not easy. Do you know what? How many of you have climbed a mountain before? <laughs> you, will, you, will, you, will, you will be surprised at what a mountain presents to you. And I'm surprised that Jesus Christ, a man who wants people to be around him, when he sees people, that is rather the time he goes up into a mountain. Instead of going to the people, that's the time he rather goes up into a mountain. He's going up. If you, if you want to come, come. Yeah. Because the truth is that people climb mountains to fornicate. Yes. People climb mountains to fornicate. People climb mountains to destroy themselves. People climb mountains to attend nightclubs. People climb mountains. People have people raise their life. When I was a 13-year-old boy, 14-year-old boy, I raised my life to steal Luva blades to get money to go to a nightclub. And we come to church, and to arrive in the church is a problem for you. It means that you don't want to be here. That's why I'm saying that. That this is not it all. If you are here waiting for daddy to finish his meeting, that's not it. Your real test will come. He will not make it easy because it is you. So that's the first thing. Overcome obstacles. Now, with your permission, let's go into the Beatitudes. Verse 2. He opened his mouth. And taught them. And I pray that this scripture will come true in your life. That you too, one day, when you open your mouth, it will be a teaching. I said, when you open your mouth, you'll be sharing scriptures. Some of you, when you open your mouth, it is insults. God insults. God insults. Oh, 
square. But my Jesus, when he opened his mouth, he began to teach. May you open your mouth and begin to teach. Yeah, these days, I've realized that when I open my mouth, I start teaching. Whether it is church, whether it is whatever, once I open my mouth, I'm teaching. May that anointing rest on you. May that favor find you. Yeah. When you open your mouth, see, may you be so full. You see, for, for this to happen, for you to open your mouth and start teaching, you must be full of matter, knowledge. You must have things to say. If there's nothing in you, when you open your mouth, gas will come out. <laughs> it's just gas that will come out. <laughs> but when there is a lot in you, you've read your Bible, you've had your quiet time, you've, you, you, you have meditated on a scripture. When a situation brings itself, no, you are teaching from that quiet time you are, you, you've had. May you open your mouth and begin to teach. I said, may you open your mouth and begin to teach. It's an attitude you must have. It's called the B attitude. B. To be means to be in a certain state. A state of mind. And that's what I'm teaching you today. The first is overcome obstacles to follow Jesus. He will not descend into a valley to find you. You must climb a mountain to find him. And many of you your mountain climbing will start in 10 years time. Yes, in 5 years time. Right now, you are waiting for daddy. <laughs> you are waiting for mommy. Yes, I said your real mountain climbing will come when you are entering university. That's when we see whether you are really a Christian. Whether you are really following God. Whether you really meant it. <laughs> Verse 3. Now we start. Blessed are the poor in spirit. So today, the beatitude, the beatitude I'm sharing with you, I'm hoping that I'll go beyond this to the next one. Is blessed are the poor in spirit. For this is the kingdom of God. That is, the people who eventually make it in the kingdom of God and make it to the kingdom of God, the first thing is that they are people who are poor in spirits. I would like you to join me to read something very interesting in Luke chapter 1. Verse 53. This is what we call in Bible you know, terms the magnificence. It was like a prayer or yeah, a prayer by Mary magnifying the Lord when she was informed that. She was the one carrying the baby Jesus. So we call it the Magnificat. Don't worry. 
it's, it's, it's above you. But as she was speaking prophetically, she said many, many things. When you go home, read. I think it starts from some 40s, 40 something. You know, 40, 40, 46. Now, in verse 53, she quoted or she made a remark which is similar to what Jesus, the son in her womb, would also make after 30 years. She said, he had filled the hungry with good things. I cannot make any comment on this first beatitude without reference to this verse. This is a backup. Very important. He has filled the hungry with good things. And the rich, he has sent away empty. Thank you. There are certain people Jesus does not like. One of them is rich people. Rich. When we say rich, we are not talking about people who have got million dollars. Abraham was a rich man. He was in heaven. When we say rich, it's not just dollar or cities. A rich, it's when you see the rich he has sent empty away. So the truth is that the person is empty. But he feels he is rich. Now, who is a rich person? A rich person is like a satisfied person. It is very difficult to, to give water to a man who has just finished drinking water. To ask somebody who is not thirsty to drink water is a very, very difficult work. When the Bible talks about the rich, he is talking about people who come to the Lord with a certain attitude that's like they know it all. You cannot advise me. You can't talk to me. You can't say anything to me. The rich, this is Mario, before, after 30 years, Jesus will come and speak. He said, the rich, he always sends them away, empty. Empty means that they may have learned philosophy, they may have money, they may be handsome, they may have two cars, but they will be empty with respect to the knowledge of God. But he says, the hungry, he has failed. With good things. The people God likes are hungry people. Not hungry like kinky hangout. No, that's what, so, so, so now we go back. Let's go back now to the Beatitudes. Matthew 5, verse 3. Verse 3. Matthew 5 and verse 3. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Not poor in money. No, no, not poor in money, not poor in food, not poor in yam, not poor in accommodation, not poor in houses, not poor in transportation. There is a type of poverty called poor in spirit. That is, spiritually, 
you are in, you see, if you look at the original Greek word which is used to describe Paul, it is a beggar. Oh, Jesus, thank you. A beggar. Blessed are those who have a beggarly attitude spiritually. Always in a state of, I don't know, teach me. I don't know, talk to me. I don't know what to do, advise me. (laughs) The kingdom of God is a kingdom for people who are poor, not in money or poor in education or poor in finances or poor in houses, but poor spiritually. That is, they are always ready to receive. They are poor. I don't know if you have a car. And I don't know if you have ever stopped at the traffic light. Neither do I know if you have ever given a beggar money before. But you should see the way they suck the money in. My wife, I was on the phone with her this morning as she was going to church. And then she got to a traffic light. And I heard her talking to uh, a beggar and asking him why he won't go to church. But she says today she doesn't have money. Then when she moved on, she was telling, she told me that this is the man I gave 50 pesos to the last time and he gave it back to me. He says he wants more. Yes, there's a beggar somewhere, I think around there. Achimota. Yeah. Yeah. She, she, all she had was 50 pesos. So she gave it to him. I, I, now they become friends because I could tell by the way she was chatting with the man. Today, just this morning. That they are now friends. I think the man even comes and talks to her. She also, they, they chat. And if she has money, she will bless it. But, but she said, she gave him, she gave the man 50 pesos. And the man said, no, no, give it back. If you, if you give me one gun, I'll take your money. Now, 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 that is the attitude of a beggar. That even when we are advising you, say, no, give me more advice. <laughs> give me more counsel. What you've told me is small. Tell me more. Share more verses with me. <laughs> Blessed the people who eventually take possession of the kingdom of God are the people who have a beggarly attitude when it comes to the word of God, the wisdom of God, the counsel of God, advice, guidance, and all. Beggarly. Thank you. Not those with what? What are you saying? No, it's your opinion. It's your opinion. What you are saying, I can also give you another verse that counteracts it. Yes, that, that we should go for outreach without a, a purse, without shoes. I can also show you a verse which shows that. So it's like the person is not hungry for anything from you. He rather wants to feed you. Yeah. I've advised people who told me that I will not do what you are saying. You are here. I won't do it. That's, it's, it's called what? The what? The what? The what? The be. Be like this. Let your attitude be like this. That even when we are sharing scripture or when we are preaching, say, no, 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 Bishop, you know, you, we can't come and sit here and you come there for just 30 minutes and you go. Please, please stay and we want more. When are we going to find we want more attitude from you? But some of you, some of you say that you are, you, are, you are a small girl. And they will come. When someone is advising you, you, you just clamp up. Away with your advice. Away with whatever flaming fire nonsense. Oh, but, but it's, it's your opinion. 
It's your opinion. It's, it's, it's how you are thinking. But the Bible has got other views. Wow. 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 And you find these people. Eventually, we can't find them. Oh yes, we can't find them. We can't find them. When my pastor is preaching and I'm sitting there, I can't even sit back. My, my buttocks is on the edge of the chair. I mean, what is the next revelation coming? What scripture is? Wow! Blessed are those who are beggarly when it comes to spiritual things. Always in a state of lack. Always in a state of needing more. Always in a state of asking for more. Uh, that, that, uh, I, I want more advice. Please tell me more. May people God sent into your life to advise you never feel like keeping quiet. And how will they keep quiet? They will keep quiet when they find in you richness. Yeah, that you are full. You don't need my advice. So you go, go, go. Empty. Go away. <laughs> go away. When you are sitting in the church, the way you sit, how you write notes, the way you sugar your body, can tell the pastor that this person sitting here doesn't even need the service. She is full. You come with an attitude, your face, when we are all laughing, you are quiet, when we are clapping, no movement, it's like, it's like, it's like you are a statue. It's like you are full. Even and, and as I'm preaching, and you just whisper, but he's not even using the, the Lucan the Lucan narrative, the Lucan narrative, yeah. But but, but, but I'm surprised he's, he's using it because the original one is mosaic. <laughs> yeah, he's rich. The original one is mosaic, and he's also not using the Markan the, the Markan narrative, where the people did not go up but they went down to the valley. Stupid man. Stupid man. You are a stupid man. I'm preaching about the B attitude. I pray for you that in 30 years time, you'll be hungry. Yeah. No matter how much scriptures you have read. I've read my Bible by the grace of I mean, you can imagine if I've been a Christian for 30 years, I must have been through the Bible. Like somebody has also been an unbeliever for an unbeliever for 30 years. She has been through town a bit. I've also been through my Bible a bit. I've been, I've been through my Bible. And when my pastor is preaching, even if I had it for my quiet time, there's always a revelation you will never have. God, Paul says, we know in parts. Even what you know is in parts. Even what you know, it is in parts. So today, May this be attitude. May you be like this. What? Like what? Be like what? Be in constant state of hunger. May nobody who comes into your life feel that you are full. That even if he allows himself, you will rather teach him. Hey! No, 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 no. Please. Acts, Acts, even Philip, when he went to Samaria, it was a different story. They were not poor, they were, they were, they were rich. What nonsense is that? So today, that's what God wants us to learn. Have the attitude, be, be beggarly. The same way a beggar is at the traffic light, 
asking for money and even once more, you must also be at your spiritual traffic light waiting for the nearest car to give you advice. And when the advice comes, say that it's not enough. Please, you can't go. I want more. 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 Don't know when he's talking to you or she's advising you. You are sitting there. You, 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 you pulled up one eyebrow and, and one is down. It's like, are you sure? Is that all? Are you done? Can I go? Wow. You will never, the kingdom of God is not for such people. It's not for people who are full. That's why Mary in the Magnificat, she said, the rich, the people who are full, the people who have, she sent them empty away. Go, 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 go. But the hungry, the beggarly, the people in a state, in a state of constant poverty, constant need, no matter how many verses you have read, may you be in a state of constant need for advice. Constant need. Number two. The second attitude. Matthew 5. Verse 4. Blessed are they that mourn. That mourn. For they shall be comforted. Once again, the attitude we are looking for is the attitude of mournfulness. Who, who, who mourns? Who, who, who is the person who mourns? Mommy, can you tell me who mourns? What type of person? Somebody who has got a new job, not so. Someone who is very sad. Something bad has happened to Very sad. Like what? What what button will let somebody mourn? (laughs) Who is that person? Someone who's lost a beloved or a parent. mournfulness is for those people who have been bereaved of something. When your iPad gets lost, you mourn. <laughs> I met a sister recently. She, she lost her beloved. Her beloved said he can't, he, he can't follow her again. <laughs> Blessed are they that mourn. That is, blessed are the people who are also in a state of loss. I have lost something. When you meet somebody who has lost something, the person will stop to receive any direction. That will help him to find what he has lost. But the key I'm living with you today is that there must be a sense of loss. 
you must know what you have lost as you are sitting here. <laughs> you know, one of the tragedies of life is that we have lost things, but we don't know we have lost them. Yes. Some of you girls sitting here have lost your virginity. But you don't even know you have lost your virginity. Because you, a virgin is somebody who has not had sex with a man. But Jesus' definition of a virgin is somebody, even in your mind, when you have certain thoughts in your mind, you have been deflowered. <laughs> As you are in your room thinking about Mark... No, there are people who don't know. You see, I don't know whether you've been to school before. But those of us who went to school, there are some people who miss lectures and they don't know the amount of material they have lost. So they write an exam and everybody answers it and he alone doesn't know the answer. Then when they come out, the friends tell him, oh, what? Mr. Osai taught us this thing last week. Where were you? I was in town. Aha. So, so the person has lost something, though, but he does not know what he has lost. May God show you what you don't have. One day I told the pastor, a branch pastor, I said, I don't expect you to be walking around bread of life smiling. I, was, I would have been very happy to see you sad. Like when, when I asked, oh, pastor, Fred, how are you? Then you break out in tears. Said, oh, why? Please, please, please. What's happening? My church is not growing. My church is not growing. My church is not growing. My church is not But you see them. The person's church is going down, but he's around getting fine. Hey, Pastor. Blessed are those who have a sense of loss. One of our pastors died. And we went to the house. Fresh. The wife was wearing black, black. <sighs> Any sentence, anything we say, we break out. Then as we were sitting down, we, we didn't even know what to say to the woman. In her forties. As we sat there, we heard, we, we heard in the same hour, kum, kum. Then we heard, it's not true. It's a goal. It's not true. It's a goal. Her sons were behind the house playing football. Boom! Their father was there though. But they didn't have the sense of loss. They were playing football. Because they... They cannot even relate with... You see, there are people who cannot even relate with what they don't have. So even God sends people into their lives and because they don't know what they don't have, they trivialize and rubbish the people. If you knew your loss, you, you won't joke with me. If you have a revelation of what you don't have, you joke, but 
You don't even know what you don't have. So there is no input I make that is received with an embrace and is received with excitement. I told a lady recently, I said, you cannot have me in your life and mourn like this. You cannot have me in your life and suffer like this. But when you don't know what you don't have, we see it in your attitude. The people who are comforted. You see, to be comforted means that there is there's a problem, but you are still happy. I'm comforted. I lost my father last year. But I, I, I'm okay. We are watching a movie. I'm smiling. When you see me, oh, how? Edwin, how? Then I smile because I've been comforted. It's like before I met you, I was very sad, very deeply sorrowful. But after comforting me, I'm now happy. As if I have not lost anything. But I've lost. You need to know what you don't have. Unfortunately, I'm preaching to the wrong group. No, I'm preaching to the wrong group. You're not the ones because you are children. And children are fools. A certain man had two sons. It was the younger one who behaved like a fool. Always the younger younger you are, the more foolish you are. Of course, they are also grown-ups who behave like children. But generally, you don't understand. Some of you sitting here, you don't know what you don't have. That boy, he left the house. He had a father. He had a house. He had servants. He had food. But he he, he just moved away. Did not know what he didn't have. Some of you sitting here, I don't know what brought you to this service. I don't know what brought you to this service. A power, a power that is powerful could have brought you here. Only a power that is powerful. Because normally you won't be sitting in a church on a Sunday afternoon. But your behavior in that service will be determined by whether you even know what you don't have. Blessed are those who are constantly aware of their loss. Constantly aware that I may be a graduate, but I don't know how to do business. I told one, uh, the father of one of you here, I, I, said, I said, you are wearing a wedding ring, but you don't know how to be a husband. You don't know. You have equated wedding to being a husband. <laughs> he doesn't know that he doesn't know how to be a husband. Blessed are those who know that they have lost husbandship. They are those who can receive inputs. One, one husband left this church and wrote, it's the only email I've, I've got that I had to save in a special folder. <laughs> Insults. Insults. At the time he was going, he was a rich man. Houses or house, cars, 
big. Even his body was big. His wife was some little petite girl with nothing. He walked out. And he told me, he gave me advice. God, rich man, rich man. I had just dedicated his uh, uh, car, brand new four wheel drive. I don't want to mention the name. Just about a month or three weeks earlier. His car, black on the car park, brand new. No, is it brand new or brand new? Brand, not brand. Brand new. Okay. At the car park. He left with riches. But what he didn't know was that he did not know how to live his life. And perhaps God has brought him into my life for me to teach him. It was just a few years. The next time I saw it, his house was on the internet for sale. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Flat. Lost everything. The last time I heard of him, he was begging his wife to come back, come for lunch. We all don't know what we... We don't know something. I don't know something. I don't know something. Like many times, I call Reverend Kobe. When I have a, a problem, he's the one I call. And when I call him, he gives me input. Oh, this and that. No, we don't choose this. We like... We, we do this and this and that. You see, you need to know what you don't have. Some of you girls sitting here, you don't even know, you don't know how to bat. Yes. I'm, I'm not, please. I'm ending the service. Let me say it well. I'm saying that this B attitude is that you must know, you must know, you must be in a constant sense of loss. That you, it's like, you see, when you see somebody whose father is dead and he's playing football, it means the sense of loss is lost on him. He's, he doesn't have it. But the woman, the mother, wearing her black, black and weeping at every statement of comfort, is fully aware of what she has lost. May God show you, even at your age, what you don't know. What you don't know. You may be 30 years old. Some of you are married, but you may easily not know how to be a wife. Yes. And God brings somebody your way. That is the very person you will fight. That's the person. And rather be following idiots. Blessed are those. Today, my prayer for you is that, even at your age, may God show you what you don't have. What you don't know. What you don't know. Otherwise, you'll be proud. So even though you've lost something, because of your attitude, that you see, your attitude does not reflect loss. We can comfort you. The comfort of money we brought we are taking it back. The comfort of advice we brought, we are taking it back. All the scriptures we brought, we are taking it back because you don't, I mean, who would go to the back of the house and advise the boys playing football? (laughs) What scriptures are you going to give to the boys playing football? Some of you don't have something, but you are playing football in that area. It's like, you don't have a sense of loss. No comfort will come to you. You have come to a church service. Aunt Mimi has brought ear, earphones. Sat down to load them, the memory cards, with camps to give you. You look at them, whatever, you just 
you didn't turn it off and you are sitting there as if you are listening because <laughs> you don't know what you don't you say, listen very carefully I mean it, it may be deep but listen let your spirit enter this message you must know you must know why, why don't you have a beloved why are you not married it is possible you don't even know what you don't know that is why one of your prayers in life is not a prayer for a girl but it's a prayer that God should show me even as a pastor why is my child why is this hall not full why is it not full if I knew what to do this place would be full so God must show me what I don't know and when I am in that constant state of loss I can receive comfort when the comfort comes I grab it but sometimes when the comfort like the people the pastors and elders they were in the house the boys, it is later on, maybe 15, 10 years' time, that they will start crying. And the pastor with comfort has died. <laughs> because the day he lost his father, he did not have a sense of loss. When you are mourning and comfort comes, you grab it. When you are not mourning and somebody is trying to comfort you, you say, What do you mean? What do you mean? Like one pastor, I, I was actually with Bishop that day. We traveled somewhere and we met some pastors. And they said you should pray for them. And Bishop prayed, Oh, Father, grant them the spirit of humility. And so they were bought. They were bought. What do you mean? Do you see us as proud? What, what, what do you mean? And you see, even, even that, that response to the prayer also even reveals your pride. The prayer was rather very and prophetic and accurate. I'm saying that your reaction to somebody praying for you for humility, your reaction rather betrays your pride because you do not even know that you are not humble. Pray in your beautiful marriage. Always be in a state of loss. Know what you don't have. Know it. Don't let a wedding ring deceive you. You may not know how to be a husband. You may not know. Wearing a wedding ring doesn't mean you are a husband any more than uh, putting a chain on your, on your chest makes you a rapper. May God reveal to you what you don't know so that when the comfort comes, you shall be comforted. Rise to your feet. Thank you for listening to the word of God with us. 